into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. everybody welcome to friday excuse the voice episode 447 it is friday july uh july jesus september 8th 2023 i am your host dr gerald dozier working through uh sore throat but you know what the show must go on y'all uh welcome welcome everybody let me start this properly today is friday september 8th 2023 welcome to episode number 447 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat brief podcast i am your host dr gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes me you blue oyster cult alana boyajin toasty pop scotty scott dj bsec the mod team everybody over on linkedin everybody on youtube squad members newcomers long timers first timers we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and i'll be giving my honest opinion and reflections sometimes spicy takes on the stories on what it means to you as a practitioner so how can you operationalize it at work this week or uh strategically long term <clears throat> excuse me or if you're looking to break into the industry believe me you are going to get value from this stream because you're going to understand terminology concepts immerse yourself in our uh space and it's an inclusive supportive area so there are no silly questions ask whatever you want the community is here to support each other and it's going to be a good one. We have got a great show today. Just as a reminder, I do not prepare. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I don't prepare or research or do any prep work for the show. So what you're getting is my honest reflections and opinions on each of these stories on what they mean to you. Now, remember, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is worth half a CPE, continuing professional education. So if you hold cybersecurity certifications in the industry, many of them require you <clears throat> to maintain cpes this podcast is worth half a cpe so they stack thank you thanks kevin green did we just become best friends yep appreciate it i am drinking starbucks french roast with lots of sugar in it and uh i got this green drink crap and i got ricolas for days so i i appreciate everybody's concern thank you very much we will power through it so anyways get your cpes here Get your CPUs here. So uh, take a screenshot. Hashtag Team Live if you're in chat live. Um, love the Team Live people. We are at 161. We're gonna go. We're gonna go strong. Push to 300 today. I guarantee it. 
Love it. I love all of you. Thank you so much for spending some time of your day with us. If you're on replay, CPE still count. Replay people are people too. Hashtag team replay in the comments. I uh, love engaging with the team replay people. Hopefully you guys live in replay caught the state of the Simply Cyber all hands meeting last night. If you didn't, if you are a regular member of the Simply Cyber community, if you identify as somebody who is part of this community, please go watch the all hands meeting last night. Um, a lot of stuff covered in it. And uh, it, it's basically, you know, what's going on with the community. So um, what else are we doing? Oh, if today is your first time, your first show, and you're like, holy crap, this dude's voice is like harsh. Uh, if it is your first time, believe me, I'm sick. This isn't like normal. Uh, second of all, the stream, the content, the music, the people, that's all normal. If it is your first time, hashtag first timer in chat. And let me, uh, let me, let the uh, community know that it's your first time. Even if you're over on LinkedIn, first timer. If you're on YouTube, first timer. We do love welcoming our first timers into chat. All right. Before we get into it, I do want to... Oh, great Toasty Pops. Love it. Before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who allow me to stand here and blow my voice out. Bear, <laughs> Professor Black Ops, thank you so much. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yes. GRC for life. That's right, Professor Black Ops. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated... <clears throat> Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. <clears throat> Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Links in the description below. You can see on stream if you're watching visually with us right now. Um, scroll all the way to the bottom and on the left is Eric Taylor's Calendly. You can definitely get on, have an introduction. If you're actually battling with an active compromise, he can help you there as well. Also want to say shout out and love to, oop, Mamadou Berry. What's up? Like Mamadou Berry, nice to meet you, uh, for your first time here in, in, uh, the show. Great to have you on team live. Let me tell you about Panopsi, Mamadou. Panop, uh, Pops, Panopsi, if you guys need a partner who understands your cyber program and can look at your business and understand the threat landscape, your current resources, your current security posture, and then give you a prioritized um, cyber risk reducing plan that is in context of your capabilities and your resources, including budget, Panopsi is who can do that. So literally, if you're in responsible for an infosec program and you're basically just running around like a chicken with your head cut off playing whack-a-mole you may want to contact panopsi and get straightened out all right hey bob neat over in australia good evening to you also want to say shout out to anti-siphon training but more about them at the mid-roll all right guys i'm gonna pop a ricola pop and smoke right for the call of duty people pop and smoke ricola all right I know it sounds a little weird sucking on a Ricola into a microphone, so I apologize for that. But we're doing what we do here, where we're doing 80%, but we're doing it. We're moving forward. Guys, do me a favor. Grab your drink. Bobby, you're not drinking coffee right now. Maybe a, a nice uh, gentle tea, whatever. A bourbon, whatever your drink of choice is that makes sense for where you are right now. Coffee cup cheers to all of you. Let's sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news Mercy. wash over us. 
in an awesome way. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Friday, September 8th, 2023. How Chinese hackers stole a Microsoft signing key. Now for least details, how the Chinese-linked Storm 0558 threat group obtained a MSA key. The attackers used this key in recent exchange online and Azure Active Directory breaches. This came from a cascade of failures. The MSA key leaked after a crash dump occurred on a consumer signing system. The dump should not have contained the key, but it got added due to a race condition. The crash dump eventually moved to Microsoft's internet-connected debugging environment. When the storm threat actors compromised a Microsoft engineer's corporate account, it discovered the key in the crash dump. Yeah. The so I'm looking for this right now. I, I shared this in mod chat um, the other day. Microsoft did a really nice job um, writing this up. Here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy this and put it in chat. If you're on uh, YouTube, you'll get this. Um, boom. If you're interested in the full Microsoft story, uh, I'm actually going to bring it on stream right here. This is the story, the full blog post. Two things I want to share here. One is about the actual story itself. Um, threat actors, <clears throat> Chinese threat actors, it's assumed, was able to get a like master golden certificate key and um, get into different tenants and stuff like that. Really, really massive. Now, They've, they've done the due diligence, they've done the research investigation, and they found out that basically it was um, just bad luck, right? So the threat actors compromised somebody's uh, a corporate account and stumbled upon this key. This key should not have been there. They keep the production environment separate from dev, but there was a crash in production, they took a snapshot of it, and they wanted to do some research to figure out what was the problem. It shouldn't have had the keys in the snapshot, but it did for whatever reason. When they put the, uh, so when the dev dump was there, the threat actors were able then to get access to it. Unbeknownst to anyone, including the threat actors, that the key was there. So it's not like the threat actors were like, oh yeah, we're going to get that key. They basically were just doing espionage type work and found it. And they were like, you know, cha-ching. Give me this. Great cash, homie. Right. So this isn't bad engineering. This isn't bad design. This is like... Honestly, this is like, um, you know, like Apollo 13, where like, you know, the problem with Apollo 13 and the mission, it like they trace it back and it was like an engineer nine months before the flight even took off, uh, like tightened a bolt the wrong way or like, you know, misengineered a bolt, uh, some type of screw or something like that. that. That's what happened here. Like somebody somewhere along the line um, wrote some code and a race condition, which basically means... Um, it's not supposed to happen, but occasionally um, it'll happen because it happens a little bit faster than something else for, for whatever reason. That's a, that's basically a race condition. And they were able to get this key. Now, on top of that, it, it's a it's almost a comedy of errors because on top of that, even with that key, they shouldn't be able to do it. However, um, the way that um, the way that the developers wrote checking the key um, didn't include looking at the scope of the key because they assumed. Any key that would get to the to the point of checking in would be already in scope because how else could it be out of scope, right? Um, I I invite you to read the blog post. It's it's a really well done blog post. Okay, this was a big story. It didn't get massive news, but it was a big story. The other thing I want to point out, okay, and this is 
This is more for you if you're newer to the industry. Definitely if you're breaking in, this may be a little too much for you. But if you're newer to the industry, this is something you should absolutely be mindful of, okay? When there is um, when there is a problem at work, okay, like whatever, compromise happens, whatever, a lot of businesses will fix the problem and then carry on. A lot of businesses will not do what is called a root cause analysis, RCA, you might hear it called, okay? And what a root cause analysis is, is, yeah, we understand that we got compromised, but hey, Faris, thanks so much. Did we just become best friends? Yep. A root cause analysis says, okay, we understand what happened, but why did it happen, right? Not, not let's stick a Band-Aid on it. Not like, oh, let's re-image the machine and call it a day. Because if you don't get to the root cause of why the issue occurred, the issue is likely to happen again. The threat actors are likely to exploit it again. The keys are going to get out again. The, co the accounts are going to get compromised again. Whatever it is. Now, here's the reason. A lot of businesses don't do it. You might be like, Jerry, that sounds so freaking obvious. Sorry. Jerry, that sounds so obvious. Why wouldn't you do a root cause analysis? Here's the reason. Root cause analysis... When you're actively compromised, all hands on deck. The business is like, oh my God, figure it out. Stop the burning. Stop the pain. Are we compromised? Do we have to call legal? Do we have to call insurance? Okay. Once the compromise is cleared and you, you know, announce we've recovered to a known good state, then the business is like, all right, you know, business as usual, let's go. But with root cause analysis, you have to say, wait, 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 we're not done doing work. We need to not focus on projects and new initiatives and the things that you want us to do because we need to stop and do this work and see what's up. And some businesses will be like, "That's we don't have time for that. That doesn't help us reach our Q4 goals. That's not what we had on the project plan. And unfortunately, a lot of times, root cause analysis won't happen. Furthermore, when you do a root cause analysis, if you are lucky enough to get it done, you might uncover that some system needs to be removed or some extending permissions need to be revoked. Well, now we're talking about changes to the environment and that might disrupt business operations. So now you've got to play a stupid game of like political capital Game of Thrones where you're like, hey, yeah, you know, this is a problem. And they're like, no, no, we know it's a problem, but we're just going to roll with it. We have the risk appetite for it. It's like, do you really though? Because like last week when we were actively compromised, you were wearing your brown pants again. You know what I mean? So two things. One, root cause analysis needs to happen. And two, uh, thank you, uh, Ray. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's two things. One about this really, really important story. And then two about performing root cause analysis and more importantly, doing something with the results of that. I have seen it happen time and time again, time and time again, actively compromise, fix the problem, keep marching. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different outcome. You will get popped again. ICC to prosecute cyber war crimes. Last month in the publication Foreign Policy, International Criminal Court lead prosecutor Kareem Khan said his office will investigate and prosecute cyber crimes for acts such as war crimes, genocide, and crimes against humanity. The announcement in the publication didn't get much press notice at the time, but Khan's office told Wired that this is now the office's official stance. In the piece, Khan also mentioned that disinformation remained a separate area of concern for the prosecution as a gray zone tactic between war and peace. 
Okay. All right. Hey, thanks so much, Kimberly. Did we just become best friends? Yep. I also turned the podcast up. Hopefully that works for everybody. Um, so I don't, I'm not familiar with, uh, the international criminal. Oh my gosh. I'm not a, a familiar with the international criminal court. I don't know if anyone else is. Where is this? Where? Hold on. This is like a blog site that has done international criminal court. Okay. Well now investigate cyber taxes, war crimes. All right. Totally agree. I do think uh, cyber attacks can uh, represent war crimes. Um, definitely acts of war. I think you're going to have a really tough time when you're when you're dealing with like non nations, not officially sponsored nation state threat actors executing on nation state threat actor objectives. Right? It, it's very easy, guys. Here's the thing: you got to remember this. Listen, and I'm not saying this is the only country that does it. I'm just using it as an example. The reason a lot of ransomware threat actors operate out of Eastern Europe is because they, they, there's like an unwritten agreement. If they don't attack Russia, Russia won't bother them. So they have like kind of uh, protection of being raided physically and they can operate out of there. Well, it's not, it's not, uh, I don't have an example I can pull right from my mind, but I do know what happened. I just can't pull an example right now. It's not unreasonable for Russia to say, because Russia knows where they are, right? It's not unreasonable for them to say, hey, like, we've allowed you to operate and build your little empire of crime, but you need to do a favor for us, right? We need you to attack this this uh, target. And if it, gets, if it comes out, then it's going to come out that it's you, not us. But that's fine because no one can come and get you and arrest you because you operate with immunity effectively here in Eastern Europe. So that's not even speculation. That's like, that's like fact. Okay. So, um, so there could be some difficulties, uh, prosecuting someone in international criminal court. Um, I don't know enough about international criminal court. It's just, the thing is with, with military war crimes, it's very, it's very easy to point at Auschwitz, for example, and look at the people running it and say, that's war crime, right? It's very easy to look at, you know, like genocide in, uh, like, you know, in African countries that are warring factions or whatever, or in South Africa and stuff and be like, that's war crime with cyber. It's, it's, it's virtual. It's digital. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of wiggle room for interpretation of who did it. There's a lot of like, wasn't me. I know it looks like me, but like anyone can copy and paste that code, right? So I, I, to me, I'm glad they're doing it. It is definitely a step in the right direction. I think there's going to be some challenges met with it. But for me, I hope it brings us further to the point of holding people accountable and not allow. Like right now, guys, it's getting better. But like we're still living in essentially like the Wild West where anyone can carry a gun People have shootouts in the in the streets. There might not even be a sheriff in town, marshals, whatever. Occasionally, a, a Texas Ranger rolls through, i.e. Europol or Interpol, right? Occasionally. And that's only for the big dogs. You could be like a low-level thug and not really, you know, have a problem. Again, this is we're talking about war crimes here, not about, um, like, you know, royal ransomware or something like that. But anyways... If you knock out an energy, like Russia, if you knock out an energy grid in the dead of winter of someone and people 
people suffer or worse, that's that's not cool. That's not cool at all. Korean cyber attacks against Russian targets. This finding comes from a new report from Microsoft. There's not a lot of details in the report. There is no word, for example, on specific victims or even ties to specific threat groups, no mention of Lazarus, for example. These attacks occurred in March 2023, targeting Russian diplomats and an aerospace research institute. Microsoft said this appears to be a crime of opportunity to seize intelligence with Russia embroiled in its war with Ukraine. This finding comes as part of an overall report on cyber espionage activity and capabilities in East Asia. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so... I don't know why they're doing this. All right, so check it out. North Korea, North Korea does have uh, very good cyber capabilities, right? Lazarus Group is probably their most well-known. North Korea has also been getting a little frisky with uh, espionage acts and disrupting military operations. Just a couple of weeks ago, we read about a joint U.S.-South Korea military exercise that North Korea disrupted. Um, and it looks like now North Korea is going after Russia. So a couple things here that I wanted to point out. I, and I was uh, reading something, so I, I kind of missed the story. But I find this uh, unbelievable, frankly. Like, I don't know. I, okay, so two, two things. One, if this is in fact true, it's interesting. Why? United States and United States is part of like NATO and like the five eyes and it's like Western, you know, Western philosophies and Western ideals, right? Very well known. And we have been warring, uh, you know, kind of like discreetly with North Korea for a while. North Korea attacked Sony Pictures a few years ago, right? Attacked a private U.S. based business and you know, Obama responded in some ways, but it's been very under the radar, right? But it's very clearly like North Korea versus U.S., right? And I'm simplifying this for the sake of the discussion. But you've got to also identify that there's this thing called BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And they are, you know, forming an alliance, kind of like um, Justice League or Avenger. Like they're, they're, they're developing like a super team to introduce a new approach to civil society that is not Western philosophy-based, okay? I don't want to get into politics or anything like that. I'm just saying that there is a faction of first-world powers that are looking to do something else. For North Korea to attack one of them, which, by the way, is like right next door to them, like, like geographically, physically, in real life, right next door to them, it seems like, seems stupid, right? You've already got a massive faction of first world power people that don't like you. And there's only one other one in the room and you're going to run over and like punch them in the, in the eye. Seems silly. Seems silly to me. Um, we'll see what happens. I don't know what North Korea was attempting to do. I could see this though. I could totally, uh, I could totally see this. Okay. This is a uh, speculation, little tinfoil hat. Action, let me see this. Tinfoil. North Korea's TTPs are very well known. Okay, like they do something. Everybody knows it was North Korea. All right. I could easily see somebody emulating North Korea and, you know, 
going after Russia in order to like make it look like it was happening, right? Maybe, um, again, total speculation. Maybe when the United States was over in South Korea for that military exercise a couple weeks ago, it was really a covert mission in order to go at Russia while you're in that Korean, you know, geographical space to make it more believable that it was, in fact, North Korea. Again, that's a complete speculation. That's a hot take, okay? That is a nuclear hot take. But um, we'll see. We'll say this is this is interesting to me. This doesn't affect us day to day, but uh, it is interesting. I'd love to read a little bit more about it. China broadens iPhone ban. Bloomberg sources say the Chinese government began expanding its ban on iPhones. Several agencies reportedly started telling staff to not bring the devices to work. More formal restrictions are reportedly in progress, which would see the phones restricted across state owned enterprises and other areas with government oversight iPhones retain significant market share in the country, but increasingly come into conflict with government objectives to lessen dependence on American-owned technology. And now... Okay, when I saw this story yesterday... Yeah, I agree, BSEC. Okay, so when I originally saw this story, here's what I thought, okay? Two things. One is... Uh, fact, and the other is uh, Jerry's hot take, okay? I don't know if it's because my throat hurts, but there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of tinfoil hat Jerry email that's being thrown around today. Listen, if you haven't been paying attention, there is a global pissing match between China and the United States, okay? Which is, like, even furthering this, like, BRICS and, I say NATO, but, you know, Western philosophy, okay? There's been a, um, there's been like an embargo, for lack of a better term, of semiconductors to China. There's been less of a dependence on China. China and is like decoupling itself from the global eco supply chain thing. Okay, iPhones are awesome. iPhones are U.S. based company, right? So China is trying to. Uh, China has massive buying power, right? I think they have more citizens than any other country in the world. Maybe India has uh, can rival them. But for the most part, China has massive, massive buying power, okay? Like the population. That's why, that's why movie studios will bend over backwards to alter their films in order to get it into the Chinese market because it's just, it's just, um, it's just straight cash, homie, right? So China... Uh, looking for iPhone bans, um, you know, on the surface, this is a Yahoo Finance story, on the surface to hurt Apple, okay, and ultimately hurt the United States. Now, here's what tinfoil hat Jerry thinks, if you're ready. Uh, yeah, CJ's saying iPhones are made in China, so they're actually kind of taking jobs away from themselves. That's that's really, yeah, Toasty Pops is saying it too. So anyways, I guess they're cutting their nose off to spite their face. Here's what I was thinking when I saw this story. And again, maybe it's not fair, but the second I saw this story, immediately I thought, well, because it's harder to hack an iPhone, it's harder to stick custom malware on an iPhone. It's harder to put surveillance tech on an iPhone. With an Android phone, you could make standard issue APKs of surveillance and and deploy them. Like, hey, like here's an app for, you know, whatever. 
being a citizen of China or here's like they're doing social credit scores over there right now. It's way easier for them to stick surveillance tech on Android operating system phones than it is iPhones. And it, you can say we're banning iPhones for whatever reason. They're an authoritative regime. They don't even have to even give a good reason. But my point is, that's what I thought immediately when I saw the story, okay? China's not discreet about their approach to uh, their government and how they, um, I guess, handle their citizens. So it doesn't surprise me. Okay. A word from our sponsor, Comcast. DataBee from Comcast Technology Solutions is a cloud-native security, risk, and compliance data fabric platform that transforms your security data chaos into connected outcomes. Built by security professionals for security professionals, DataBee makes your data a goldmine, rich with information that enables you to examine the past, react to the present, and protect the future of your business. Learn more at Comcast slash DataBee. That's C-O-M-C-A dot S-T slash DataBee. Lockbit. All right. Hold on, Rich Straffolino. You don't get into a Lockbit story without doing the mid-roll. Tisk tisk. All right, y'all. If it's your first time here, do we have some first-timers here, don't we? I think we have some first-timers. If it's your first time here, friend, let me introduce you to the mid-roll. This is what we do every mid-roll. Yeah, CJ knows. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for being here. We are right at 8.30. We are nailing it with our timing, by the way, guys. Right at the bottom of the hour. Hitting the mid-stride. Taking a sip of coffee. Sucking on Ricola's like a boss. I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being a member of this community. I want to thank you for being inclusive and supportive. I want to thank you for collaborating with each other. Thank you very much. If you want to help spread the word, do me a favor. Take a hot minute and hit the like button right now. It will trigger the YouTube algorithm to send this feed into other people's home pages who search for cybersecurity content. It's a simple hack, but I can't do it without your help. Please hit the like button right now and pay it forward. I want to thank the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi Cyber, or Panopsi Security, and Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, Anti-Siphon Training is here to disrupt the training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education regardless of financial position. That's right. Many of their trainings are pay-what-you-can. There's a link in the description below. Uh, bookmark it. Go to training. Go to pay-what-you-can. They have all these courses led by... Uh, industry experts, including three of them, led by John Strand himself. You can see the John Strand, like, explosion emote. This guy is uh, an inspiration to so many, including myself. I look up to John Strand as uh, how, to, how, to, how to approach this business. He's going to be teaching a uh, two-day Getting Started in Security course on September 18th and 19th, so just a couple of days away. You can get in on this for whatever price you want. Don't miss this opportunity. Anti-siphon training, link in the description below. Eddie has the baton right now. Eddie's in chat. Hey, Eddie, it's good to see you. Eddie's going to tag someone right now. So whoever gets the baton, congratulations. What I ask all of you, it, listen, if you are interested in 
supercharging your LinkedIn feed so your LinkedIn community grows with meaningful connections and the feed when you log into LinkedIn, like what you're reading, if you want it to be cybersecurity focused, valuable content, and interesting, engaging posts, do the following. Go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag, hashtag simply cyber community challenge, and connect with the people who are posting and commenting. You yourself should comment on those posts. Because you're commenting on the posts, the next person who's connecting with people in the post and comments will connect with you. In a couple weeks time, you will have a much larger, much more valuable LinkedIn network and your LinkedIn feed will be altered to have mostly inclusive cybersecurity content, believe me. So take advantage of this opportunity. Thank you to Jenny Housley, thank you to Chuck Sapp, and thank you to Eddie for continuing to support the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. See, Eddie's right there in chat talking about how impactful it was. Great job, Eddie. All right, guys, I wanna share an update. Fridays are Grayson's joke of the week. I talked to Grayson. I think Grayson uh, wants to take a pause from the responsibility of being joke of the week. So I wanted to get a visiting, uh, a visiting professor uh, for a semester. So I'm gonna be asking James McQuiggan uh, if he would like to take on that responsibility. I know James isn't in right now. Carrie, if you're in chat and you'd like to do the joke of the day, I'd love it for you to uh, submit a joke to us and let us enjoy the joke of the day. While we're getting that joke of the day lined up, I wanna tell everybody really quickly, because this is an expiring opportunity. Uh, next week, uh, or next September 16th, September 16th, there's a one day Active Directory Hacker Camp. It is a course led by Heath Adams himself, the Cyber Mentor. It is nine to five on the September 16th, live format, Q&A. You'll learn they have the labs already built out so you don't have to worry about um, you know, configurations and stuff. You're literally just gonna jump right in. If you would like to get more information on this training, if you wanna learn how to hack Active Directory, which is a very valuable skill if you're going to be a pen tester, ask Leonardo, then check it out. Link, uh, I'm gonna link it right now. Right? If you want to check it out, give me a second. Let me, let me do this really quickly. Doink, doink, September 16th, okay? Check it out. All right, guys. Um, all right, so Carrie with the joke of the week. Jerry, Appleway making a car won't have AC or heat since it doesn't have windows. All right. Thank you, Carrie, for the joke of the week. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's slide back in, and then we'll do some jaw jacking. The throat's feeling a little better, y'all. It's Seville. Local media reports that the City Council of Seville, Spain, attributed a recent ransomware attack to LockBit. It says it will not pay a reported $1.5 million ransom. The attack began on September 4th and impacted the response of emergency services and tax collection. The city does not know if LockBit exfiltrated any data in the attack. LockBit has not yet posted any information from the attack on Seville in its leak site as of this recording. Oh my god, bro. Hit the wrong button. Hold on one second. Android patches act. Alright, so... Lockbit, ransomware as a service. Dude, I could probably make a recording for Lockbit and just play it. Oh, Chris Rock's in here with a joke. Someone came to my door asking for help with the Pakistani floods. I said I'd love to help, but my hose won't reach. <laughs> All right. 
Um, guys, it's another day ending in Y. It's another attack by Lockbit. It doesn't matter if it's Seville, Spain, or it's Minneapolis, Minnesota, or it's Brisbane, Australia. It's a municipality. Now, I can speak for the United States. I can't speak for other countries. So, Chris in Australia, um, Tom in Italy, if, if, if you're familiar yet enough. In the United States, typically local municipalities are not really well-funded, and they definitely don't typically have information security professionals. They'll have some IT staff who are matrixed with InfoSec responsibilities. But you and I both know that... IT people, I mean, yes, they can be good. BSEC's a great example of someone who is IT-focused but very good at InfoSec. But for the most part, it's a secondary responsibility. So because of that, municipalities are very soft targets. Now, Lockbit is an affiliate ransomware-as-a-service model, so there's all sorts of, like, goons and affiliates and agents running around the world dropping Lockbit malware into networks. Again, soft target. Lots of threat actors. This is going to happen again and again. Now, I do find it interesting that these greedy little pigs went for $1.5 million. That's a pretty steep ransom payment. The average ransom payment, at least in 2022, was somewhere, I want to say it was around like $457,000, which is still not chump change, but it's not a million and a half. That's like 3x the average price. So, I don't know why they went for such a YOLO um, uh, ransom, but, you know, whatever. Um, the information will, I suppose, get out. Lockbit typically does data exfil on top of ransomwareing your um, systems in order to, uh, you know, do a double extortion attack and at least get paid on something. Uh, Seville said, suck it, we're not doing anything. And, you know, basically Seville is going to have to dig out of this right now. That's it. So hopefully, hopefully they listen to the, the podcast. Hopefully they're simply cyber community members and they've heard me say it a million times. Don't, you shouldn't be defending from Lockbit. You should be putting in fundamental foundational controls that any information security program should have to deal with ransomware in general. What does that look like? Basic protection mechanisms, right? EDR, multi-factor, you know, all the things backups, testing your backups, tabletop exercises, then you should be able to respond in a meaningful way. So how quickly can you do it? Does everybody know what's up? Do your backups actually work? Do you know the order in which to restore systems? How long does it take? How long can you accept being down, right? All of the things to deal with that. If you're not doing, ransomware is still the number one threat to any business. So if you're not practicing, recovering, and protecting from ransomware, you are Got your head in the sand, basically. The exploited zero day. Also want to say what's up to Faraz Azari with the baton. Faraz, knock it out. The September 2023 Android security update patched a high severity zero day vulnerability discovered in the Android framework. This opens the door to privilege escalation without user interaction. In its advisory, Google said it discovered signs of limited targeted exploitation. The patch fixes the flaw on Android <laughs> 11 and newer versions of Android, Older versions remain vulnerable. As with most Android updates, Pixel owners receive these updates immediately, while other OEMs need to validate the update for their hardware. All right, Emmanuel Dark. I almost spit my coffee out. <laughs> Emmanuel Dark saying, all this inflation, man. Rumors of recessions, high interest rates, 
Lockbit thread actors, you know, they gotta they gotta adjust for inflation, man. Cost of a loaf of bread's going up. That the ransom's gotta, you know, baby's gotta get some new shoes. All right, so September Android updates fix zero day. Going back to my story about China just a minute ago and my speculative hot take on why they're banning iPhones, allow me to introduce you to zero day, you know, exploits on Android things, okay? Um Basically, patch your Android phone if it's available. Every time I don't say it every time an Android uh, story comes up, but let me let me share something with you. If I owned an Android-based device, a cell phone, most most likely, right? If I owned a Android-based cell phone, it would absolutely be a Google Pixel. Why do I think Google Pixel's got the best features, functionality? I don't even know if it has like one of the screens that opens up now. But here's my thing. Google Pixel is like as close to the the root of Android OS as you can get. So when they patch things or fix really bad things, Pixel gets it immediately. Every other version of Android OS, I'm not saying it's like a fork, but it's, it's basically like it's the Android root OS. And then it's like, here's some extra stuff. Here's like my Samsung package. Here are my Samsung drivers. Here's my LG stuff, right? And because of that, anytime Google updates Android OS, if it impacts the technology that the third-party vendors put on top of it, right? Like, let's say Samsung, they have to go in and fix that code to work with the new updated operating system, which is why if you own some, you know, like fringe technology, which I'm not judging you, but if you own some fringe technology Android device, Right, like I have, where is it? I have a phone in here somewhere that's like, I think it was like 10 bucks at like a, a um, convenience store. I don't even know who makes this. I, I don't even know who makes this. Like literally, like no name brand Android device. I guarantee you the operating system on this thing, it's probably like nine versions behind whatever the current version is, right? That's probably running like KitKat or something like that or Lollipop. Why? Because this company, if they allow you to stick the current Android OS on, it will brick the phone altogether. It won't support it. So they just don't allow you to update the operating system. So if you've ever wondered why you can't update your Android operating system, it's because the vendor that made that device doesn't want to put the money into, you know, back retrofitting the tech to work with the current operating system. Okay. Anyways, which, which means by the way, you can't patch for this problem. So you're just left. Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you money that matters to me. This phone is vulnerable to this exploit. And it will always be. Okay. Patch your stuff. Educate your end users. This is a good opportunity also, my GRC brethren, to share. Is By the way, is brethren um, gender specific? Is that, I guess... I don't know if that brethren is like exclusive of females, but my InfoSec professional community, this is a good opportunity to just blast out to your end users. Hey, if you use Android devices, make sure you patch it. You know, it's not really specific to this particular issue, although it is relevant to this issue, but it's a good opportunity to just re um, reinforce and remind of best practices, cyber hygiene um, best practices. Aviation organization hacked by multiple groups. 
CISA issued a joint advisory with the FBI and Cyber Command's Cyber National Mission Force, warning that several threat groups tied to different nation states gained network access to an aeronautical sector organization involved in the broader aviation sector. This began at least as far back as January 18th. Attackers gained access through a vulnerability in Zoho Manage Engine Service Desk Plus and used disabled credentials into a Fortinet VPN service, so there were two avenues in. A lack of proper network segmentation and overall lax organization on the victim's network meant CISA cannot determine what information the attackers exfiltrated. CISA's incident response team worked with the victim from February through April to respond to the multiple breaches. Uh, I'm a little confused. Um... I'm a lo like who who was breached like is this are they keeping it discreet like like who is the aviation organization um all right so here's the thing i don't know see with something like this i i don't want to say i hate this okay that's a little harsh but it irritates me like sand in my shorts at the beach when, when this thing happens like Multiple nation-state hackers are attacking a single aviation organization. Okay, is it a coincidence or is it a targeted attack? If it's a targeted attack, what's the end goal? In what organization? I mean, is it like Boeing and it's just getting after IP? Or is it like the FAA or is it like air traffic controller? Or You know what I mean? Like, is there a difference? Is there a concern here around flight operations and me getting on a plane next Thursday? Or is this like... A, you know, a private sector business getting hit. I, I don't like that. Second of all, it could just be a random, uh, not, not random, but like, you know, opportunistic. They talked about the Zoho manage engine getting hit and Fortinet. Uh, we've covered, we covered the Zoho one a couple weeks ago. Um, that is, you know, well-known um, breach, uh, not breach, a well-known vulnerability that can be exploited. You could search for it on the internet. Uh, on Shodan and find those devices, just like the Fortinet ones, you can find those as well. So that's why I'm wondering if it's a uh, opportunistic crime versus a targeted um, crime, like targeted meaning like we're going after this organization. How can we get in versus Shodan? Oh, look at all these open doors. Like, let's just go in this one and see what we get. Okay. Um, you really don't want to be uh, pissing off the US government though. I will say, I mean, they said that the FBI's involved, CISA's involved, uh, U.S. Cyber Command's involved. So you don't want Jen Easterly uh, hunting you down. Where's Jen? Jen, 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 Jen. If Jen Easterly's on the on the case, oh, you better you better hide your hide your wife, hide your kids. You are so dumb. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyways, it just goes to show you again, guys, that. You know, the job the job in information security is hard, right? I say it all the time. There's no there's no easy button, guys. Vigilance is part of the gig. You have to get up and deliver daily because threat actors are getting up and doing threat actor operations daily, right? And I'm not saying you have to work seven days a week, 365 days a year. Because there's a bunch of us, we can, you know, be reasonable and stuff like that. But you do got to keep your ear to the ground. And when there's like flare-ups that require immediate attention, like if you were running the Zoho Manage Engine technology, you need to take action on it. You can't be like, nah, nah, like, I'm not feeling it today. I want to go play pickleball instead, right? You could do that, but you might get popped. You might get compromised. So you got to be 
vigilant and ever um, ever guarded. And, and by the way, this is why you get asked in job interviews, how do you stay current? It's not because it's a trick question that we in the industry have decided we're going to haze newcomers by asking them the question. It's literally because when crap like this happens, not this story, but the Zoho manage engine, when that happens or the Android one, you need to know about it as soon as it's public because you need to make decisions on, is it a risk to you? How bad a risk is it to you? How bad does it need to be addressed or what's the priority? This is why we ask you literally. Flipper Zero can launch Bluetooth spam attacks. The Flipper Zero has made a name for itself as a versatile network and mobility pen testing tool. The security researcher known as Tech Riptic found another use sending Bluetooth spam on iOS. The researcher sent spoofed advertising packets over Bluetooth low energy, seemingly to transfer a number, connect an AirTag, or set up a new iPhone. These are used prominently across iOS for these types of transfers. They also claim that sending a high enough volume of these spoofed notifications could severely disrupt the iOS UI. This functionality requires a custom firmware update to enable Bluetooth and a settings file. TechRiptic claims this technique works even on phones in airplane mode. Late All right. I saw Ryan Montgomery, a.k.a. Zero Day or O-Day um, on, I think LinkedIn did a demonstration of this little video. Here's the deal. Dig out my Flipper Zero. Flipper Zero. It has like a bunch of different wireless communication capabilities. It's like a little hacker tool, right? I can open my garage door. I can steal a swipe badge credential and then replay it. It's fun. And you can use it for pen testing, right? Well, if you want, you can also have Bluetooth capabilities. Now, if you have ever done uh, AirPods or AirTags or, you know, um, AirDrops, right? This is for the iPhone people. Basically, you get a little pop-up on your phone, like, you know, like there's AirPods. Do you want to connect them, right? And normally you're like, yeah, rock on. This is basically a denial of service attack, Okay. It's a denial of service attack that you do have to be within like five to 10 feet of somebody to, to execute. So now you've got to be physically close and all you're doing is uh, disrupting them from their ability to use the phone because basically it's just going to keep popping up, popping up, popping up. It's a denial of service attack that you have to be close to. So that vulnerability is a pretty low uh, CVSS score if you wanted to get really nerdy about it. Now, the thing is, the way that uh, iPhones work and everything like that, the only way to combat this would be to turn off your Bluetooth. Well, that sucks because if you turn your Bluetooth off, you are effectively denied any Bluetooth services. So uh, a, a, a clown or a threat actor or you know just an annoying person could force you to turn off your Bluetooth, right? So I guess the only use case I can really think of is you know, somebody is being a jerk uh, behind you on an airplane and you just like DOS their AirPods to piss them off and make them, you know, focus on fixing their phone and their AirPods instead of kicking your chair or sticking their foot up in between the, 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 the wall in your chair and like by the window. People who do that, I don't get it. And then you can decide what you want to do after that. Like tell them that it's you and if they want to. Uh, use their AirPods, then they're going to stop kicking the chair or you're just going to keep dossing them. I think you'd also be dossing everybody within like 10 feet of you because it's not like you can target and say like, you know, whatever. But anyways, 
Another fun use case of Flipper Zero, uh, added to your arsenal. Again, it's a it's a spammy denial of service attack. All right. Today we have a fantastic new week. All right. All right, y'all. Let me say. I want to thank all of you for being here. It's 8.52 a.m. Just a quick reminder again, if you're interested, um, TCM is running this Active Directory Hacker Camp uh, on the 16th of September. It's a one-day live in-person, uh, but, you know, virtual, but, like, you know, it'll be, like, a class, like a course. Um, I think they're only doing 50 students. So if you're interested in this, if this aligns with what your goals are, um, if you can afford it and it makes sense for you, I just wanted to make you aware of it. TCM and um, does, you know, he does good work. So it's, you know, his PEH class is excellent. All right. Let's do this. All right, guys. If it was your, uh, if you were here just for the news, I'll give you back eight minutes. Thank you all so very much for your time today. I want to remind everybody um, that we've got, if you, if you didn't catch the state of the Simply Cyber stream last night, um, I would strongly encourage you to do it it's right here on stream we went through everything uh what you can expect what the big news is all these things and uh here i'm gonna link to it so definitely check it out and i'll tell you the first the first 30 minutes is the briefing it's a it's a one hour long stream the first 30 minutes is the briefing the last 30 minutes is just q a uh answering questions about what i just talked about so just to set expectations. All right, if you're one of the 322 people here that just wanted the news, thank you very much. I apologize for my voice. I hope you were able to uh, get value from the stream today. I appreciate you being here and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I am now going to pivot to jawjacking. And if you don't know what jawjacking is, just chill for a second, you're gonna love it. everybody what's up for the jaw jacking segment let me get some sick music going on in here yeah let's see let's do let's do the comeback let's start with the uh, endless summer all right everybody this is jaw jacking where we kick it retro synthwave vibes 80s style i answer questions whatever you want to talk about it's all about community let's have a good time hey marcus kyler good to see you thanks to keel george for the the well wishes on the speedy recovery yeah, jawjacking's been limited this week. I had to teach Tuesday and Thursday, and then I had a client meeting on Wednesday, which went really well, by the way. Um, yep. Yeah. Let me hold on. I'm just making sure I don't have a meeting. I don't think I do, though. Nope. I have a meeting at uh, 10 a.m., although I'll only go to 9.30. Oh, oh, by the way, really quickly, I want to remind everybody before you go, before you go, um, 299 people still here. Here we go. If you are interested, check it out. Later today. Hold on one second. Later today. Come on. Hold on. Come on. Load. Load. I have zero tolerance for like... At 3.30 p.m. today... And every Friday at 3.30 p.m., Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber Solutions 
is going live with an executive cyber threat brief. Kind of like the uh, daily cyber threat briefing, but a different angle, more geared for executives. So uh, Eric Taylor stream at 3.30. Check it out. Eric Taylor from Barricade Cyber. Great community member. Mod covers for me when I'm unable to be here. Uh, he'll actually be doing the stream next Friday, so a week from today. Eric Taylor, Barricade Cyber. Check it out. All right. All right, yeah. All right, have a good one, Haircut Fish. Justin Rohr missed the live announcement, but watch the replay. Oh, thank you so much, Justin. Definitely appreciate that. Super exciting. Yeah, it was a great. It was a great. Uh, it was a great stream last night. How's class at the university going? Jerry Leon asks. Uh, class is great. Students love it. Um, you know, I, I got. They just built a brand new building, and I have a classroom in the brand new building that has like all the tech in it. Um, the last couple of years, I've been teaching in uh, a classroom that's like not awesome, and now I'm in a classroom that is awesome. So I'm loving that. And uh, you know, I always. I don't know. My students are always like 18 and 19 year old. Um, occasionally I'll have one who's like definitely in the industry, but most times they've never seen or heard anything. I, uh, I showed them how to fish credentials yesterday in a lab. And, and one kid told me, he's like, I'm not going to sleep well at night knowing this now. He's like, how, how do you sleep? I'm like, bro, if you knew half the things that's going on out there, you, you, <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't sleep either. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. Thanks for asking. Oh, hey, is Tea with a Hacker going on? Jenny, if you could drop a link, uh, I'll definitely, uh, we could do a raid at 930. That'd be fun. Um, Pastor of Muppets says, what's your take on cover letters? Still necessary in the LinkedIn Indeed world. So, you know, I, okay, here's my take on, um, cover letters. I, I've never really sent them. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they're kind of antiquated. Most people, when I, here's the thing. When I get a resume, I'm interested in the resume. Like, I don't want to read a cover letter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a lot of time. I just want to look at what the skills are. And then if I'm interested, I'm going to Google them and look up their LinkedIn and stuff like that. So it's a, it's, it's not a bad practice. I've never, I've never received a, a resume and cover letter and been like, oh my, a cover letter next like never did that so it does not hurt but i've never been i'm it's never been a deciding factor for me i will say pastor of muppets in a chat gpt world writing a cover letter is like you can have chat gpt write you one in like 10 seconds and then you can refine it so like the level of effort to include a cover letter is pretty low right now so i don't see why you wouldn't it just to me it's like whatever do you have a video about cybersecurity analyst i'm new to this thank you uh, well, slippery sloth. Um, I, I have <laughs> my my son was like blown away yesterday. I have 956 videos on the channel. Cybersecurity analyst is a pretty, and I, I mean this with all respect. That's a very generic term. So you'd have to like you'd have to be more clear. Like what kind of analyst? Like a GRC analyst, a SOC analyst. Um, and then the answer is yes. I have all of them on the channel. Uh, so. Find out what you want, Slippery Sloth, and then go from there. Actually, you know what, Slippery Sloth, if you want, um, is it exclamation point book? Um, yeah, so look at what Nightbot just said. Ultimate guide to breaking in. Here, 
Sloth. If you check this, if you click the the book link I just dropped in, or the night stream, uh, Nightbot just dropped in chat. Go download this book. It's free, and it'll. I mean, it's more for like ten steps to get in the industry, but the first couple steps will help you understand and refine what you're asking. All right. Uh, will the new course coincide with the GRC Analyst Masterclass? Congrats on full-time Simply Cyber. Oh, thanks, Jonna. Yes, so here, here's the deal. The Cybersecurity 101 course that I talked about yesterday on the all-hands call, um, it, will, it will feed into the GRC Analyst job, but it is a foundational class that can feed into any job in the industry okay it's that the gr the cyber 101 is literally that it's an inch deep a mile wide across all of information security all right so for me and my goals with simply cyber on the education side remember if you watched the video or you attended the meeting simply cyber is an education company and a media company on the education side my plan my plan is to develop the entire GRC career path. So what does that mean? Over the next, I'd say 18 months, the Simply Cyber School will have the following. Cyber 101, so you can start right in. Then GRC Analyst Masterclass to get all the entry-level skills that you need. Then for mid-level people who, you know, promote up. And Alana, you're gonna love this if Alana's, if Alana's still there. Um, I'm going to do a course on enterprise risk assessment and i'm going to do the course in an apprenticeship manner so literally the entire course is going to be like an engagement which which is like a like a, a piece of work an engagement is like okay we're going to go do an enterprise risk assessment for client here's the start here's the planning here's the execution here's the date the data evidence here's how we have analyze it and it's it's basically in my mind i've got it where like i'm the senior uh, manager over the engagement and you are my junior analyst over the engagement and you're going to see everything like like emails like uh, like you know back and forth from the client setting up meetings now it won't be live like you and I are getting on a call you and me and student are getting on a call but it'll be all simulated so you can understand and live an engagement and understand what pieces are and then there'll be all sorts of like resources available to you like the spreadsheet to execute the email templates to email understanding why we're setting up certain meetings the logic around calculating what risks are for this particular business i think i'm going to choose a manufacturing company anyways i'm going to do that course and then i'm going to do one around doing information security awareness effectively in 2023 and then i'll do a ciso course and when i'm done you will have you could have no background and over the course of your career revisit each of these and come back and bl blow up to CISO if you want, right? Because it's just me right now. If other people are making content for the Simply Cyber School, like I've been in contact with somebody who is a a very senior uh, detection engineer, SOC analyst, you know, worked in an MDR for years, and they want to put a course together. That That's not in my wheelhouse. I don't know. I mean, I know enough about SOC analysts, but I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to make a course on it. But if someone wants to do that, they can do that. But for me, for Jerry, uh, GRC is what I know. It's what I'm good at. I'm an expert on it. So that's what I would do. All right. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, 
Okay. Sissa is retiring December 5th. I'm still starting to study. Any advice? Well, if they're retiring it, I would assume that they're they're replacing it with another one that would be similar. Um, I, I don't know enough. I'm just you to know about the CISA retiring, but typically they would be replacing it with something and it would probably be like 90% similar. So your efforts of studying aren't wasted. What I would say is whatever they replace it with, here's my pro tip. Whatever they replace it with, take a practice exam as soon as you possibly can, right? As soon as it's available and see how you stack up and score. And it'll be by domains. The things that are going to be similar to what you're already doing, you'll be able to identify and any of the new stuff that you're not good at, you'll identify and then just focus on that to maximize your time. What Elite Gunslinger asks, what killer features do you look for in an IR retainer? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I guess with an IR retainer, like, like time to respond, like, you know, is it 24 seven time to respond? Who, like, who do I get when the IR is happening? What requirements are, are, do they need, right? Like, do they need to put Sysmon on everything? Do they need to put their, their EDR on everything? So when you get hit, right, you definitely want immediate, you want a salve immediately applied to your problem, right? You've got this gaping wound and you need it helped immediately. So anything in an IR retainer, to me, it needs to be around speed and, and skill, all right? I would also ask if Eric Taylor's in chat what kind of things he puts in his IR retainer to be... Um, um, Effective. Woo, careful with this song, guys, really quickly. I don't know if this is socially uh, inappropriate, but like the, the the saxophone in this song, like careful. Like I'm I got pregnant listening to this song. Oh. Oh too much. That's a lot to take on a Friday morning. Wow. Alright. Have a good weekend, CJ. Um All right. Any chance you have a video for defined analysis or different security positions and what they pertain to? So Jonathan Reed asks a great question. Um, I do. I do. Check this out. I made a grave mistake of. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I did a video with Neil, but we did it on his channel. This one right here. 44 minute video. This is old school, but check this out. All right. In this video right here, Neil and I go through 20 different jobs in the industry. And we talk about each and every single job, what it is and the pros and cons of each of those. This is a bit of a hidden gem, okay? Dropping a link in chat to uh, who asked that question? Jonathan Jonathan Reed? Yeah, Jonathan Reed. So the answer is yes. I do have a video for that. But it's very difficult to find because it's on Neil's channel. All right? That's a hidden gem for you. 
Check it out. I think you'll really enjoy that video. Um, question from Leon. How do we look at your new curriculum that you've, you're coming out with for cyber training? I didn't catch a link. Okay. Um, I have not made it uh, publicly available. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm still building it. Uh, but I can, I'll show it to you really quickly. Just, I know that's not a great answer, uh, Leon, but um, let me, let me show you. Stand by. Standing by to stand by. All right, here we go. Dude, they're sticking AI in everything. Okay, so check it out. I'm just going to show you guys really quickly this. Oh, my gosh. Um, so this is the actual curriculum. Okay? This is, the, this is the Cyber 101 course, okay? You can see, obviously, Module 0 is getting started. Module 1 is, like, getting you hyped for the whole course and uh, laying out, you know, big picture stuff, why you should care. Getting you excited. Then I do a tech primer. Pretty standard stuff, right? I, you, like, what is software? What's an operating system? What's networking? What's the cloud? What's all these things? I do a little lab where I have you, um, you know, pop open a shell, do IP config, look at network, ping stuff. Just getting you kind of like warmed up, right? Warmed up, getting you excited. Then in our world, people, it's people process and technology. So I spend a whole thing on people because you need to know who the people are involved with information security and understand the bigger picture. InfoSec is not just tech, okay? I know it's cool and tech is wicked sick, but there's an entire piece around people and process. Okay, so I do a whole people primer. Then I do threat actor workflows. Basically, let's do the cyber kill chain and walk you through it and explain all about each phase of the kill chain and how it's actually executed, okay? Like this social engineering lecture, it's not just like a, here's the definition of social engineering. It's like, here is case study. Here's what social engineering is. Here's six different ways to execute it. Here's case study showing it work in practice. Here's how to protect yourself from it. Rinse, repeat, okay? Then we do a lab, probably to fish credentials, the lab I do with my students. Have a good one, Joseph. I'll just quickly move through here. Can you guys see this, by the way, or is it too small? Mods, is this too small? Uh, if it's too small, let me know. All right. By the way, every section is going to have an additional digging. So if you want to go beyond this and go extracurricular, you can absolutely do that. I'm going to provide that to you. All right, then how to commit fraud on the internet or how bad guys commit fraud, denial of service attacks. And you better believe that Flipper Zero Bluetooth attack is going to get added to this. What malware is. The defensive side. I know Richard Colliver, right? It's, it's getting sick in here. Um, You know, different techs, MDM, like basically security technology, right? Like what are the tools that we're all using here? So you get exposure to it. <coughs> What is espionage? Who's doing espionage? Again, a lot of case study, not just um, North Korea spying on Russia, as in the news today, but also corporate like VW um, hiring a bunch of GM people and stealing their tech, like actual case study. And then, of course, near and dear to my heart, we get into the GRC, obviously not as deep as the uh, analyst lab. I mean, analyst course, a little crypto, 
vulnerability management, cyber warfare is how we round it out. And then I have another little module on career knowledge. So, right, like if you're really interested and you want to take it to the next level, let's talk real here about certs, LinkedIn, conferences, etc. And then wrap up the course, get your CPEs, get your three college credits, get your certificate and get cracking. That is the Cyber 101 course curriculum. Hopefully that answers your question. And if anyone... Uh, well, I'm sorry if that took a while, if, if you weren't interested in that, but I am working on it. It is my number one priority for Q4. <clears throat> um, Alana, what's up, Alana? Please be advised that the CISA exam... Oh, CISA. When I saw CYSA, I thought CYSA uh, plus CompTIA. The ISACA CISA is being retired, huh? Uh, CISA exam content outline will be updated August 20, August next year. Um, update preparation material for the new CEO will be available in May. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the ISACA CISA cert, um, that's a really good one to work in GRC. So is the CISM. Thank you, Alana, for sharing that information with the community. Elite Gunslinger, is Magnet Axiom worth the money for Differ? Or do you have an opinion on superior tools? I do not know Magnet Axiom, uh, unfortunately, Elite Gunslinger. So I'm not wicked sure. Let me look really quickly. Magnet Axiom. Um. Oh, I don't know about this. Like Maybe if you are a differ firm, you might want to check it out. But, yeah, I, I don't, I can't speak to this with any level of uh, certainty. Um, I would ask other people. I mean, there's a million tools out there. Most people use FTK or in-case autopsy. Um, I mean, this looks good, but. All right. I can see it. That's better. I'm old. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, guys. Looks like we're. What time is it? 9.15? We're doing good. We're doing good. Throat's feeling better for sure. Let's look at chat really quickly. Oh, thanks, Ray Tierney. I, I hope so. Um, no, hey, Alana, if he said... He did write CYSA, but it, 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 even if... Even if he wasn't talking about the CISA, what you just shared is valuable, especially since, like... You know, I'm pro-GRC all day. Thanks for taking the time to share. You're welcome, Leon. Uh, gotta do laundry. I hear you, Lazaro. <laughs> Guys, uh, hopefully, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. This has been a really busy week. Oh, good. Perfect. It's been a really busy week. A uh, lot of, lot of uh, moving parts. A lot of excitement. Um, if you didn't catch the stream yesterday, just the TLDRs, I've gone full-time with Simply Cyber, uh, and I've got massive projects in the pipeline, all with the intent of delivering value to you. <clears throat> Gabe Lister asks, who's my favorite red team people? Wow. Um, man. I mean, there's a lot. So it depends on, like, you know, what I'm feeling. So I'll just give you a couple if you want to check them out. So um, Patrick Wardle 
Now, he's not, like, doing red team operations, but he does, like, offensive security on Apple stuff. He's excellent. I love Patrick Wardle. Um, Dave Kennedy. I know everybody knows Dave Kennedy, the DeLorean and everything, but he's, like, a really, really, really nice guy and a super accomplished business person, and his roots are all up in the red, and he's a former Marine, which is uh, Marines hold a special place in my heart. So uh, I like Dave Kennedy quite a bit. Uh, kind of a sleepy pick. If you're not, if you don't know, Mike Saunders over at Red Siege is very good. Uh, really smart guy. I like his content. Obviously, Tim Medine um, is well known. Uh, he runs Red Siege. So definitely check that out. Uh, shout out to the locals. Black Lantern pen testing. Really great group. Uh, it's much smaller. Most people probably aren't aware of them, but they're good. All right. Looking at chat still. Very exciting. Thank you, Tim McDonald. Oh, cool. Hey, so Elite Gunslinger. Casually Joseph is saying Magnet Axiom is a primo tool. It's used by the Enterprise most of the time. All in one. And uh, Casually Joseph does work on uh, Incident Response. So this is good. Have a good one, Alana. Be good. All right. I think it, it feels like time. Um, unless uh, there's some pressing questions. Maybe we could uh, go over and raid, raid uh, Neil's stream. <laughs> give my give my voice a little bit of a break. I don't think I have any. I have a meeting at ten, but I think that's the only other talking I have to do. Jeffrey wants to know how much Cyber One Hundred and One will cost. Jeffrey, I haven't figured that out yet. I haven't figured that out yet. I don't want to say um, how much yet until I figure it out. I think there might be. Um, there might be a couple different tiers of pricing. I'm thinking I'm thinking about $300. But don't hold me to that right now. It is a semester long course with 15 weeks of content, like 60 hours of content. There's like 12 labs. Um there's a lot to it. Three college credit courses. I I think what I'm going to end up doing is like I've been flirting with this again, but don't hold me to it right now. I'm thinking 300 bucks, and then there'll be like a couple other tiers that have more stuff to it, right? So like you know, I haven't figured it out yet, but like there might be like a higher tier that, um, you know, I run like office hours or something like that, or I'll I, I haven't figured it out, but I'm thinking that um, part. So I think honestly. You know, you can you can tell me what you guys think, but I mean, honestly, you know, I think sixty dollars for the GRC analyst course is like people people mock me for not charging enough, and I'm not saying I'm charging three hundred for the GRC uh, for the Cyber One One course because of that, but I'm trying to be be fair, equitable, but also reasonable, um, and you know, we'll see. Yeah, no. I understand, Carrie. There will be opportunities for scholarship and uh, accessibility uh, for people. Uh, Ima Aquara. Um, yeah, CJ had suggested and BSEC had uh, jumped on top of it about doing like Simply Cyber local community meetups and kind of growing it organically like B-Sides. And I think that's a, a, a cool idea. Estella uh, Reyes is in the house. What's up, Estella? to see you 
Uh, Leon Elliott, I didn't see a risk or incident handling section in the course. Let me let me see. I actually, hold on. I think I, I, when I was working with the college, that was actually something that they saw, and uh, I thought I added it. Hold on one second. Give me a second. Give me. I'm looking, looking. Um. I think maybe a risk section might make sense in GRC. And hold on, I definitely had added some incident response stuff. Give me, give me a second. Well, you know what, Leon Elliott, it is not there, and I will add it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I remember having a conversation literally about that IR piece with the um, the college that I'm working with to make this uh, college credits. And so it, it, it should be in there. I'm not sure where or why, but yeah, uh, thanks, Leon. I will make sure it gets in there. Very nice. All right, where's my... Uh... Cool. What about a pay it forward fund if you could pay an extra five to help someone else out? Yeah, Angela Wolferton, that's a good idea. I'll tell you what, I, I did with the GRC analyst class um, a pay it forward um, thing. It became incredibly hard to manage though, Angela. It became really, really hard to manage. Um, so I actually had to stop doing it because it was difficult to manage. There wasn't really a lot of transparency um, you know, who got to decide, like, you know, like if someone emailed me and they're like, oh, I just lost my job and I'm a single parent and all this, I'd be like, okay, I wasn't fact checking them. I was assuming that they were being truthful and I would, I would give them one of the pay it forward licenses and stuff, but it just became incredibly time consuming to, to manage that. So I actually didn't do it. So, I mean, if there's a system <clears throat> for it, we could, we could do that. Uh, but I love the idea in principle, but in execution, it's difficult. Uh, Estella, congrats on going full-time. Love to appreciate all that you do. Love the update. Congratulations. Thank you, Estella. Hope all is well. Justin Gold. All right. Have a great one. All right, guys. You guys want to, uh, how many of us? There's 200 here. Uh, I'll answer any questions or we can go raid the, the heck out of uh, Neil if you want. I'm going to take a slug of this coffee while we do it, though. <sighs> I think I just needed to stretch my voice out, honestly. It was rough in the beginning of the stream, but we're good. We're good. Making big moves on the studio. I didn't even talk about the studio yesterday with um, with y'all. Um, about what, you know, big projects and all that stuff. But if you guys want, I can, uh, I can share. This is like, I love that, like, the further into jawjacking we get, the more deeper the cuts, uh, we get. Oh, wait, hold on one second. Um, let's see. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, some of these pictures aren't really, like, gonna do it justice. Like, you can see here, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, but, right? So there's, like, me. Those are all the, the shelving and stuff like that in the studio getting ready to get installed. And then Mrs. Ozier, like, built 
built uh like that's the frame of like where all the studs are and the electrical and stuff like that and then she built that base on the bottom there for all that and then slowly um you know my wife is legit when it comes to construction so she's putting these things in it, guys you're gonna love it like I'll, I'll 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 do a picture on uh the feed later uh oh, here well that isn't gonna a good one sorry you like watching me mess with my phone but yeah, I'll, I'll do a picture later. I think you guys will really like it. It, it looks super BA. Super BA. Oh, I, I got, actually, I got one for you right here. Lastly, would you mind writing Kennedy a happy birthday? She loves all your catchphrases. Her current, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, hey, Kennedy. What's up? Catch me outside. How about that? Kennedy, I hope you're well. Happy birthday. Um, have a wonderful day. And uh, enjoy the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down, Kennedy? Right? Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love Kennedy. She's she's one of the uh, OG uh, Simply Cyber um, youth. We should probably come up with a, a, a moniker or a, a, a group category or title for the um, for the, uh, the 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 youngins of the Simply Cyber. Here's a live look in at the uh room you can see the built-ins are going up got the hvac going there you can't see all the built-ins but the built-ins are like it's going to look like that on both that on both sides so it's going to be like a u with a, a shelf across the top and then a tv mounted in the middle um and that that angle is pretty much what you'll see because i'll be standing in front of that camera all right Kennedy's getting showered with love. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Kennedy's birthday. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Finfrock. Oh, my God. Can I use NIST framework controls on a real estate company for a practice lab? Definitely. Definitely. The NIST cybersecurity framework doesn't care what kind of industry you're, you're uh, doing. The NIST cybersecurity control framework allows you to implement a structured um, framework of controls on any organization at all. You could do it for your home if you wanted to. And it thinks about the logistical life of information security from the context or the lens of security operations. So it's five phases. Identify, protect is like things you can do before bad happens and then uh, or left of boom. And then bad is boom and detect, respond, recover is right of that. And like, it's just a living life cycle. Yeah. You could totally do it on a real estate company. All right, here we go. Oh yeah. Ray Tierney knows David Kennedy. Oh guys, I, here's another thing um, that's really, really uh, germane to this, this group. I don't know. Um, oh my God, I need a lozenge. I, I don't know uh, when this is going to happen. Or, and if you didn't catch the stream yesterday, I'll let you know this. But I'm going to create a public Trello board that anyone can write to. And I know we're going to get some trolls who write like, you know, whatever. Just nasty things or whatever. Hopefully not, but... But the idea is that it's a public board that anyone can write to. So, like, Akil George could write to it. 
and the idea is that you would submit video ideas that you want for the channel or ideas you want for the community whatever and you'll be able to upvote or downvote the ideas and it's not about like oh Akil George's idea is dumb it's it's simply is there enough interest from the greater community to invest time and energy and resources into it so a lot of people ask me to make a video on something right can you make a video about this cybersecurity framework can you make a video about um evaluating different jobs in the industry and i love making content for people that want it but i i, I only have so much time so i'd like to focus on content that addresses a large group of people's interest and focus on those so i'm going to enable like community voting basically just give me time on that i didn't miss these i just chose not yep yep Yeah, hey Jeffrey, I see your messages. Jeffrey, it's it's just so you know, um, I have a lot going on up here, and um, sometimes I, I, you know, I don't read all of chat, so it's not that I'm I'm uh, skipping them or something. It's just I can't, you know. Um, okay, so Sean, can you let him know uh, fit by fifty where that CYSA group is? <clears throat> um, Justin Rower says I had a question that's just itching my brain. Why do you? Why do your backups need to be 100 miles away? Why not like 20 or 50? The idea behind the backups being physically located somewhere else is basically to avoid nat uh, natural disasters, right? So if a hurricane hits um, your place, I mean, I don't know, like 100 sounds like an arbitrary number, but the, the idea that they're physically somewhere else is always supposed to be around natural disaster right like flooding earthquake hurricane tornado that that's really the that's really the deal with that but i mean in today's day i mean you can have them you can have them all over the place i will point out though when you are doing backups if you have them like in a data center on the other side of the planet you got to remember if you go down and you need to pull that data it takes time data doesn't just like instantly appear where you want it you have to move the data so that isn't a consideration when you're choosing where to put your backups is literally um how long does it take for them to copy back over how long does it take would it be could you go and drive to go get them right like we've seen these um some examples with like large organizations i don't know if you guys have ever seen these like amazon snowball trucks but sometimes they'll like literally drive a data center to the backup place and copy the data off locally and then drive it back. Doesn't happen all the time, but it, there has been precedent for it. Um, all right. Um, should it be totally? Okay. <clears throat> Casually Joseph's making mead this week. Simply cyber themed. Yeah, boy. Get on it. Thanks, Casually Joseph. I look forward to hearing about it. And if you, if you don't mind, Casually Joseph, I will be keynoting uh, besides Charleston. If you have an extra bottle, I'd love to um, drink it. <laughs> um, after 9-11, a lot of critical IT redundancy was moved off Wall Street. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, John, a lot of people offering up great, great uh, uh, inputs on, on the backups being localized and, or why you shouldn't. Uh, hey, Clown, asking if I'm doing 24-7 uh, streaming. No, I can't. Um, I do have, uh, you know, 
I, I love Simply Cyro, but I do have a family. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling out, again, education company and media company. I am rolling out some other media stuff. I am working with um, some other people to uh, maybe bring on some additional podcasts onto the stream. All right, guys. I want to thank you all for being here. It's 930. Let's go ahead and uh, raid. If you guys are interested in raiding, um, <coughs> excuse me, raiding uh, Neil Bridges. Uh, here's a link. Neil does the uh, Tea with a Hacker. It's basically a cyber AMA. I'm going to go over and just say simply cy hashtag simply cyber in his chat. A little bit of a raid. Uh, Gary, good to see you, Gary. It was great to see you in chat uh, yesterday, too. Thanks for the correction on the date. Uh, definitely appreciate that. I'm going to give my throat uh, a break, y'all. But let's go on over and raid uh, cyber insecurity. Let me show you what it'll look like to you. It'll look just like this. There's Neil right there. All right, guys. I'm Jerry, your chat. Thank you all so very much for being here. Have a wonderful weekend. We got big things coming, y'all. And I can't wait. Be good. And let's go raid. Raid, raid, raid. Hashtag simply cyber raid. Bye, everybody. Or even